Today's episode of Locked On Eagles is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Welcome in, Eagles fans, to another edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. As always, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Louis DiBiase here joining you on this Friday edition of the show. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode three of four this week. Prepare for another one tomorrow. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on any platform, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, uh, you name it, we're available on any platform that you can find podcasts, as well as on LockedOnEagles.com. We've got our all-time Eagles draft uh, simulations as well coming up next week. Those are going to be posted on our YouTube page, uh, YouTube.com slash LockedOnEagles, where, of course, if you guys heard the two episodes last week, myself, my co-hosts Gino Camilleri and Lars Lewis, and our good friend Jordan Hanskin of the Locked On Sabres podcast, and also a friend of mine that I've worked on uh, NFL radio with for five years now. Uh, we did a basically a fantasy draft, if you did not hear the episodes. They are posted, by the way, uh, parts one and part two of the draft. We did a fantasy draft with Eagles from every era available. So us four created the best constructed rosters we could possibly have of former Eagles, current Eagles. It was a ton of fun. And then what we're going to do with those rosters is I'm putting them into Madden 2004. For nostalgic purposes, I think the gameplay is more fun to watch. Uh, It's a lot more offense than defense. So those are going to be posted on YouTube on our Lockdown Eagles YouTube page. I'm putting all the rosters in right now. I've got got Lars's done and I've got Hanskins done. So then I just got to do myself and uh, Gino. So that will be posted next week. So make sure you follow us on Twitter for updates at Lockdown. On birds at DBSC LOE and at Gino underscore LOE. Gino will be back tomorrow. We're going to get into that Hall of Fame conversation that we've been teasing tomorrow on the show. But today, I wanted to get into some more, um, you know, timely conversations here uh, as the NFL announced that heading into training camp, which is going to start now in just a couple weeks. It's crazy. It's already July. I mean, football season hopefully is right around the corner. We'll see what happens. But training camp is supposed to start um, July 28th, I believe, was the date. But Normally, of course, the rosters start at 90 players, and then it gets cut down eventually to the 53-man roster you start week one with. Because of COVID-19, the NFL has decided that all 32 teams are going to start with 75 players. And while, you know, I guess it makes sense, um, there's there's a bunch of different protocols that they're taking here. Um, you know, safety precautions, uh, meetings are going to be at Lincoln Financial Field, while practices will be at the Novacare Complex. So they're doing a bunch of different stuff here, but... It doesn't seem like a lot because, yeah, 90 players, a lot of these guys you've never heard of, they're undrafted free agents, um, and and most don't really make an impact in the NFL a lot, right? I mean, you're cutting it down from 90 to 53 players. I mean, that is a, a quite quite the jump over just a couple months. So it might not seem like a big deal that the Eagles are only going to carry 75 players heading into camp compared to 90, but I think if you've watched Eagles football since they won the Super Bowl in 2017, you know the value of talent acquisition from any avenue, right? Of course, yeah, they've had their Lane Johnsons and Carson Wentz, Fletcher Cox, like the top first-round stars, you know, Malcolm Jenkins that carry really the the workload. Um, But then, I mean, we've seen with all the injuries this team has suffered 
over the last three years, there has been so many guys that you found, you know, off the streets of, again, undrafted free agency that you found in the day three, late in the NFL draft, in the fourth round of the seventh round. There's guys like, you know, midway through the season that you probably saw in training camp, but then you cut him because it's a numbers game, but then when injuries come, you know that that guy can play to a certain level, right? You know, we, we see a guy like Greg Ward last year, um, a player that's been on the Eagles' 90-man roster for quite some time now, since, what, 2016, never made the 53, but he was good enough because you knew you've had him in-house um, within the organization to evaluate him, so when the time came where you desperately needed him because Alshon Jeffrey was hurt, Deshaun Jackson was hurt, Nelson Aguilar was playing like garbage, and then he got hurt, uh, and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside seemed like a bust in just year one, you needed a Greg Ward, and you knew because of that 90-man roster that you can get, I don't think they expected to get a guy that was on pace for a 1,000 yards last year, but they knew that Greg Ward could play. Um, and, you know, it's more than just Greg Ward last year. We saw how crucial the Eagles' practice squad was and that 90-man roster in the summer evaluating all those players in training camp. You saw how crucial that was down the stretch when they're 5-7 and seven, and this, you know, band of practice squad brothers, they win four straight games for the Eagles, of course led by Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson. You know, still stars on both sides of the football up front on offense and defense, um, but Guys like T.J. Edwards, who was undrafted last year, coming out of Wisconsin, right? T.J. Edwards, you knew he could play because you had more time to evaluate all kinds of players that came from different avenues that weren't even close to being roster locks, that had crucial roles. Uh, Josh Perkins, you know, when Zach Ertz broke his rib, Josh Perkins had a pretty extensive role because the Eagles are still using 12 personnel so much because of all the injuries they had at wide receiver. Josh Perkins made some big plays down the stretch in the final four games. He had some crucial third down conversions that Monday night game against New York. Um, he had that touchdown in Week 17 to help clinch the playoffs in the NFC East against New York once again. Um, and it's not just Greg Ward, it's not just Josh Perkins and TJ Edwards last year, but you also look at Boston Scott, who was on the practice squad, Robert Davis, Deontay Burnett, Anthony Rush, who the Eagles, again, he was a part of that 90-man roster, and he did get cut. And I think he spent some time with the Raiders and then eventually came back. And that dude was playing, what, he was your third defensive tackle because Hassan Ridgeway got hurt, Malik Jackson got hurt, Timmy Jernigan was banged up throughout the season. Anthony Rush was playing significant snaps for you last year. So while, yeah, it's not like it's, you know, 60 players now and you only have to cut seven, right? Um, it is still 75 players you get to evaluate, but that's 15 spots for players that, yes, most likely not going to have a you know dominant, uh, significant role on your team. But the Eagles have shown, and it's not just last year, but Corey Clement in 2017, uh, guys like Josh Adams and Craven LeBlanc in 2018. The Eagles have showed that even the players that you have no idea, you have no expectations for at all, those are the players that can be the most important for your playoff runs that you've had in three straight seasons now. So, you know, it makes sense, uh, considering what's going on in the country right now. Um, it's not a huge deal because you still have 75 players to evaluate throughout the summer, but I do think it's, um, I, I do think it's going to hold the Eagles back a little bit from, uh, really evaluating all of these different players. So it's unfortunate. It makes sense. But, uh, you know, the Eagles will move forward with 75 players as training camp starts in just a couple of weeks. Louis DiBiase here joining you on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Coming up next, I want to stick with the running back talk. I mentioned Boston Scott. I mentioned Corey Clement. 
those two right now are set to in line right now to be RB2 and RB3 behind Miles Sanders. Of course, there were the rumors that they were trying to uh, – you were trying to sign LaShawn McCoy. You were trying to sign um, Devonta Freeman and uh, who was Carlos Hyde, right? Doug Peterson said that they had a veteran running back slip through the cracks. That was obviously Carlos Hyde who signed with the Seattle Seahawks. So, of course, McCoy's still available. Freeman, I don't know if he even wants to play football. You have guys like Isaiah Crowell available. Are the Eagles still into that idea of bringing a veteran in? Or are they going to bring in, in 2020, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, and Corey Clement as your three running backs, your three young running backs moving forward? I'll get into that coming up next right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. And guys, we are sponsored today by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write down Lockdown in there. How did you hear about us, Box, so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, everybody, welcome back into this edition of Lockdown Eagles, a Friday episode, episode three of four. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're getting into the running back position now that I haven't really talked about since... I would say the end of May, because there were all the reports that the Eagles were gunning for either Carlos Hyde, LaShawn McCoy, or Devonta Freeman to be their RB2 slash RB3 behind Miles Sanders and, you know, next to Boston Scott and Corey Clement. Um, I still like the idea of signing a veteran like LaShawn McCoy. I think a player like that, obviously, the Eagles all-time leading rusher, I think he can still play at a high level uh, as a rotational piece. I think he's very similar to Miles Sanders' style, so Sanders could learn from to me, one of the best to ever do it. And uh, I, I think that if Sanders were to go down, I'm nervous about Boston Scott and Corey Clement not getting a significant amount of touches, both running and receiving. But if these guys have to carry the football, you know, 15 to 20 times in a game, that's where I'd prefer. I don't, I don't want to say I don't think they can do it, but I would prefer to have a veteran in-house like a LaShawn McCoy who's done it before. So I would still like to. However, if they're content, and they might be right now because they still haven't made a move, um, and it's already July. Training camp starts in a couple of weeks. I'm okay with Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, and Corey Clement as your three running backs this year, and then with either Warren or Holafield as your RB4, hopefully one of those young guys, uh, Killings as well, one of those three can maybe pull off a Corey Clement type of uh, situation in 2017 or Josh Adams in 2018. So I would like a veteran, but... I'm cool with Scott and Clement. I think they can be just fine RB2A, uh, 2Bs behind Miles Sanders. And I think a main reason is because you do have Miles Sanders. If you were heading into the season like in 2018, um, after Jay Ajayi goes down and Darren Sproles and Corey Clement got hurt as well, you know, if they had Josh Adams right now and Wendell Smallwood, I would be like, yeah, you've got to bring in a veteran. Or even, honestly, like if you had what you had in 2017 heading into the season where you signed LeGarrette Blunt in June, um, and then outside of that you got Darren Sproles and you know Wendell Smallwood and, again, a rookie Corey Clement, I would have been more in line to 
go with one of these veterans if it was going to be a continuation of the running back by committee approach. But the Eagles head coach, Doug Peterson, uh, just last month said that Miles Sanders is ready to have a large workload in 2020. And that got me thinking, you know, you guys have heard the conversation before on the show where we we talk about, you know, running back by committee versus a, a workhorse running back and what the right approach is and what the Eagles' philosophy is with that because obviously they haven't spent a lot of money on running backs throughout Howie Roseman's tenure as GM, as Doug Peterson um, with being the head coach. Of course, they, you know, LeGarrette Blunt, not a big contract. They did spend a fourth-round pick on Jay Ajayi, but... You know, outside of Miles Sanders last year, spending a second round pick on him, they didn't invest a lot in the position. So you thought, okay, they're probably just going to go with throughout Doug's you know tenure here in Philly, they'll go with a running back by committee approach. They'll sign a bunch of different guys that can do one thing really well and not spend a whole lot of money or draft capital on the position. But then last year, they take Miles Sanders in the second round, and it got me thinking that running back by committee was more of a necessity, not a preference, because you saw. Throughout the entire season, Doug Peterson was trying to get Miles Sanders or Jordan Howard to be that workhorse running back. Early on, the first couple weeks of the season, it was Miles Sanders. The problem was, his first couple games into his NFL career, he averaged 2.2 yards per carry, uh, 2.8, and then a couple weeks later, 1.6. So he was just not seeing the field well uh, in the run game. Of course, the receiving game, he was incredible. Uh, but the run game, he was certainly struggling. But Doug did give him the opportunity to be the workhorse early on. Then, when Jordan Howard was averaging like seven, five to seven yards per attempt, he became the workhorse. He had games of 15 carries, uh, 19, 23. And then when Jordan Howard got hurt, Miles Sanders, he improved, and he became a star for this Eagles offense down the stretch. And Doug used him like that in the run game, you know, from uh, that Miami game on. So the final month of the season, he had 17 carries, 15, 19, 20, and then he had nine in the first half against the Giants week 17. He was averaging 5.7 yards per carry, and then he got injured. So he would have went, what, five weeks straight uh, with at least 15 to 20 carries. So I think running back by committee was more of a necessity for Doug and for Howie based on, and Deuce Staley and Jeff Stoutland, based on the personnel that they had. Um, And I think last year proves that because, again, Sanders, Howard, then Sanders again, they got the majority of the carries. And when you have a do-it-all weapon like a Miles Sanders, he doesn't need to come off the field as often as a Jay Ajayi does or a LeGarrette Blunt does or a Ryan Matthews type of player. Like, they're really good at one thing, but they're not weapons that can... You know, go in between the tackles that can be used in the screen game, uh, that can split out wide, right? That can line up in the slot. They, they weren't those kind of weapons, so you needed a Darren Sproles type of player to complement that. You needed a Corey Clement. But when you have a Miles Sanders, you don't want to take that guy off the field on first down, second down, third down, and in short yardage situations. Um, when you have to pass on, let's say, third and long, you want Miles Sanders on the field. And not to mention, he was a damn good pass protector last year. I mean, for a rookie running back, that's something sometimes that rookies or young running backs take a while to learn is pass protection, especially on the college level when they're not asked to do it nearly as much. Miles Sanders last year, to me, I mean, he had, what, four highlight hits in the pass blocking game? You can make a highlight reel off of Miles Sanders in pass pro last year. So Miles Sanders is a player that I don't want to take off the field, and for the amount of touches, not just carries, but the amount of touches he's going to get a game, 
I think Boston Scott and Corey Clement are fine twos and threes. And, and Scott especially. I mean, the end of the season he had last year was incredible. He's going to be your new Darren Sproles, only I don't think you're going to use him as often because you do have Miles Sanders, and I don't think you're going to use him in a simplistic form like you did Darren Sproles. And I, I think um, Sproles kind of made that offense complacent a little bit. Um, and, and I think they sim- simply settled way too much when Sproles was on the field for checkdowns because they just wanted to get him the ball. Whereas Scott, I think they used him, and maybe it was by necessity last year, but I think Doug used Boston. Boston Scott down the stretch last year way more creatively than he has with Darren Sproles in the past. And, and Scott was so damn efficient with the ball in his hands. In December alone, he averaged 87.5 yards from scrimmage per game with 151 rushing yards down the stretch and 199 receiving yards. So 350 yards in what, uh, four games? I mean, that was incredible. In three consecutive games, he saw six, seven, and then six targets again. And he caught every single pass thrown his way. So yeah, this is a guy that's only 5'7". And if there's an injury to Miles Sanders, I would be nervous about that guy getting you know, 15 carries, 15 to 20 carries in a game. I don't think he can handle that kind of workload. I think he can handle a lot of touches, 15 to 20 touches a game. But to me, I would feel better if they signed a veteran or... Why I'm comfortable is because Boston Scott's not the only young running back that I'm still high on uh, behind Sanders right now. I think if Sanders were to go down, Scott and Clement, I think they could do just fine. And Scott, by the way, like I do say, yeah, he's 5'7". I'd be nervous about having that guy carry the football 20 times you know, through the A-gap or B-gap. But he was also a really good red zone running back last year. I mean, this is a guy that, yeah, he's 5'7", but he's also 203 pounds. He had five touchdowns last year within the five-yard line. So on the goal line, Boston Scott had five red zone touchdowns for you last year. So, yes, I would feel better having a veteran in-house. Also, the fan of me just really wants LaShawn McCoy to come back. Uh, But I think Scott, I think Clement, I think they're just fine. Because you have a star running back in Miles Sanders that... And Scott kind of looked like a star down the stretch last year. I genuinely think he can be a weapon for this offense, and I still believe in Corey Clement. So I'm not you know, dying for a veteran. I'd like one, but I think Philly's comfortable with what they have, and I'm, I'm comfortable with what they have. Louis DiBiase here joining you on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Coming up next, we'll wrap up the show. I'll get a little into why I'm, I'm still high on Corey Clement as well. And that's, that's the big thing here is I love Boston Scott, but I would not feel comfortable with the the current backfield they have if Corey Clement was not in-house. Louis DiBiase here on Lockdown Eagles. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Talking about the running back position, why, yes, I would like a veteran still behind Miles Sanders, but I'm getting into why I'm fine with Boston Scott and Corey Clement as RB2 and RB3, and I think the organization is comfortable as well. I think it's why they have not signed a guy, um, and we're already into July here. I I don't want to say that just because they haven't, though, that it's over. I think they could go through training camp. Maybe even, you know, those two preseason games, as you guys know, the the NFL cut the preseason down from four games to two. They could evaluate it there if Boston Scott doesn't look like the player he was last year, if Corey Clement doesn't look like the player he was in 2017, or one of those guys get injured again. I think you could see them call up a veteran still. Even during the season, I think that's a possibility. So I don't want to say just because they haven't made that move yet that they won't. Clearly they were interested in May. So while I think they believe in Boston Scott and Corey Clement, they clearly also were looking for a veteran. So um, that that's kind of where it is right now, to the point where they'll just sign any veteran. Maybe not. They believe in Scott and Clement enough for that uh, to, to not 
go anywhere with the the position, but I do think at the same time they will be keeping their their feelers out for veterans. Um, but again, I think the the reason they're comfortable and the reason I'm comfortable is not just because of how good Boston Scott was last year, not just because of the star that Miles Sanders became down the stretch, and even in the beginning of the season he was one of the best deep threats um, a running back has ever been to start his career. He was the deep threat for the Eagles when Deshaun Jackson went down. But it's not just those two factors, uh, two factors that, by the way, were key in the Eagles making the playoffs last year, but it's also Corey Clement. I still believe, and it's been now, we're going on the, it's been three seasons, which is crazy to think about, but we're going on the third season since Corey Clement had 100 receiving yards in the Super Bowl. But I don't want to just assume that what this guy did in the Eagles' most important season ever was just this mirage. I mean, you don't you don't have a hundred receiving yards against one of the best defenses, but one of the best defensive minds ever on the biggest stage as a rookie if you can't play. So to me, I still think Corey Clement, if healthy, which is a huge if, he has not been healthy since 2017, since that game, since that Super Bowl, Super Bowl 52, Clement has been battling injuries. But if he's healthy, I still think he's a good RB3. Behind a good offensive line, which is exactly what the Eagles have, especially in the run game, I think he can produce inside. You know that he can be a good receiving running back. And, you know, the last time he was fully healthy and had an extensive role, because he really hasn't got a lot of chances since 2017 because of injuries and also other players coming back like a Darren Sproles, you know, them drafting Miles Sanders, them uh, signing a Jordan Howard. It was hard for him to, you know, get into... uh, a position where he was getting touches, but when he was down the stretch in 2018, before he got injured again, you know, he was producing. He was starting to look like the guy that came on down the stretch in 2017. So Corey Clement is still a big reason that I'm confident in what the Eagles have right now. Again, I think I would prefer to bring a veteran in. I think the organization is certainly still going to look at that. They were clearly interested. But I think if you're heading into 2020 with your running backs being Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, and Corey Clement... I don't think that's a bad position to be in at all. Louis DiBiase here joining you on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this Friday edition of the show. Tomorrow we'll get into that Hall of Fame conversation. Which current Eagles and which former Eagles are next in line to be enshrined into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton? Of course, Harold Carmichael, the Eagles all-time leading receiver, is that guy in 2021. Was supposed to make it this year, but they pushed the uh, ceremonies back to next summer. So Carmichael finally got in after 30 years of being eligible. Uh, Who's the next guy? former or current, that wore Midnight slash Kelly Green that's going to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Me and Gino will get into that coming up next tomorrow, so make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And uh, if you could, leave us a five-star rate and review. It's how we continue to grow the show for you guys and continue to churn out you know, three to six podcasts a week. We will get, now that it's the month of June, next week we will start doing at least four. Uh, took a little bit of a break uh, doing three a week the past couple weeks just to take a deep breath before things really get going again, guys, because uh, football is coming, hopefully. But training camp's supposed to start in just a couple weeks, so we are getting there. All right, I'm going to sign off for today, though. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm always on Twitter, though, if you want to talk birds after the show, at DiBiaseLOE. As always, thank you for downloading, thank you for listening, and let's go birds.